We're joining me out at Minute Maid is uh, Steve Sparks, Astros voice uh, on the radio. And uh, I was just telling you, loving Astro line this past offseason. Really fun to listen to that. I think it's uh, your favorite moment uh, from this past offseason doing the Astro lines. I think it was when uh, Jeff Bagwell walked into Pluckers this year when uh, he, he got to feel the adoration of all the fans that were waiting for him at, uh, at Pluckers Wing Bar. And uh, it was a couple of weeks before the announcement uh, that he'd gotten inducted into the Hall of Fame. And he was just thinking about, you know what, he, he felt like there was a good possibility uh, this year he was going to get inducted. And he just still couldn't process it. But uh, seeing, seeing how much he meant to all the folks here and how many Astros fans showed up and uh, to show appreciation, that touched me uh, in a pretty special way. We just got through watching batting practice uh, out at Minute Maid and What's it like to watch batting practice with these guys now? It, it, it's got to be one of the more fun batting practice, no matter practically whoever's in the in the batting right. cage. It is. And, you know, you talk about the length of the lineup now, Robert. I mean, it just looks like the starting pitcher for the other team really has it out for themselves uh, going into this lineup, uh, one through nine. We saw Reddick and Gaddis batting eighth and ninth in the lineup yesterday. And Gaddis led the team in, in home runs last year, and he's batting ninth. It's just ridiculous to think about how potent this lineup is, one through nine. So uh, you watch these guys, you watch a Carlos Beltran uh, talk to guys behind the cage, and some of the younger guys, and how methodical and how scientific he is when he takes batting practice. It just, uh, it just really looks like a strong lineup this season for the Astros. Let me ask you about spring training in West Palm Beach and just getting to know some of the new guys. What did you learn about some of those guys going through that whole process, the Carlos Beltrans and the, and the Josh Reddicks and the Brian McCanns and the Charlie Mortons? Well, and you throw Aoki into that mix as well. It was a little bit different this year because of the World Baseball Classic, so a lot of those guys left for two or three weeks at a time. But what you were able to see was that the older guys were really excited to be on a team with so much talent. When you talk about the core of this team, everybody talks about Springer and Altuve, Correa, and possibly Bregman being the core of this team, and those guys are all really young. But those other guys that you mentioned uh, are the veteran presences, uh, the the young guys will be able to, to draw on the experiences from those players. And all of those guys you mentioned are going to be key contributors for this team, not just because of the experience, but because of their talent. And uh, it just looks like a well-blended uh, team. It, we saw so much enthusiasm uh, and youthful exuberance uh, in this clubhouse the last few years, but now you blend in some of those veterans. And I think they'll be energized by those young guys, and at the same time, the blend's going to help this team really gel. You hear story after story about Brian McCann and Mm. what he does for this team, what he does for the pitching staff. You know, I've heard stories about McCann just, you know, he's he's on off days. He's watching guys work out, pitchers – do simulated games you know all that kind of thing what has impressed you the most about just seeing him well what you mentioned when when him coming to the ballpark on an off day and there's not very many of them during spring training and coming out and watching Dallas Keuchel throw and he knew how how important Dallas is to this team and he wanted to go out there and just show some support uh, as a leader and he's a natural leader his dad was a, a college coach for a long time he's been around the game since he was a toddler so uh, him coming into that situation and being a veteran of 33 years old and showing how much it means to him just to go support guys, I think that rubs off on everybody. Was there any of the prospects that, that really blew you away yes. when you watched the spring training? Absolutely. Well, number one, Francis Martez. I mean, uh, looks like a legitimate top-of-the-rotation type of starting pitcher. And for the Astros to be able to have him in AAA at their disposal, uh, 
you know, just get some more experience down there. Still super young, just 21 years old, and he's been the youngest guy at every league that he's pitched in, and he's excelled. And you just know the pitch ability to go along with the talent, the upper 90s fastball, the nasty breaking pitch. Uh, he's got it all, I, I think. And we saw Derek Fisher and J.D. Davis come up this year as position players and showed that they're ready for the big leagues too. How much polish does Martez need from what you saw? Not much. I mean, you look at a guy, and the first thing I always like to notice is how deceptive they are with their delivery. How quickly does a hitter see the ball? And for him, he hides the ball well. He turns a little bit at the top of his balance point. So you don't pick it up until he releases the ball. So that makes it extra tough to go along with the velocity, the perceived velocity uh, for the hitter. Uh, It's through the roof right now. A lot of guys, they can throw 100 miles per hour, but if they open that front shoulder, say, and they show it, it looks like they're throwing from almost the second base bag. If you see it a long time as a hitter, it makes it much more easy. So Martez has it all. uh, When you're talking about uh, stuff, uh, deceptiveness, it looks like he has good poise on the mound. Now he just needs a little bit more experience, tighten up some of his mechanics to keep everything uh, pretty tight with his location on all of his pitches, but he looks like he's about ready. Are you seeing the Dallas Keuchel as far as stuff-wise and arm-wise that we saw two years ago when he won the Cy Young? With his fastball, I do. Not yet with his slider, and I thought the slider was the differentiator when he had his Cy Young season a couple of years ago. And uh, when he's able to throw it to the right-handed hitters toward their back foot, I thought that's what made him great. Uh, he's still working on commanding, getting some length on that slider. But as soon as he gets that, we see the arm strength with the fastball. I'm sure that's going to come pr- pretty quickly. McCullers, did you see any progress f- from him Big from time. what we saw, saw last year? I did, Robert. You know, I, I saw a cleaner delivery with him, uh, a little short arm stroke when he takes the ball out of his glove, which helps him repeat. Uh, I think his fastball command is going to be much improved this year. Davinsky's adding some stuff to his game from what I understand. He is. He's tightening up his slider. He's learned it from uh, one of the best, Luke Gregerson, uh, on how to stay behind that pitch a little longer, uh, get more depth to that pitch. And, you know, in, it, he was able last year, and, and he did it all season long, so you, you'd think that there's no reason why he couldn't again, but his changeup is devastating. It's unlike anybody's changeup. In baseball, really, he can make it do a couple of things. He's got tremendous arm speed on that pitch, so it looks like a fastball no matter what. But if he can throw a wrinkle early on in the count and, and get it in the hitter's minds that he can throw a slider for strike, he's just going to uh, make things that much more tough for guys in, in there at bats. Is Ken Giles, uh, does he look better than he did coming out of camp last year? Because he really, you know, he, he had some struggles early on that last season. I think he does, and I think it comes a lot with uh, being the second year on a team. You come over in a, in a trade and Obviously, the Astros gave up a lot to get him. They knew that they needed somebody that could strike people out at the back end of the of the bullpen. So they went out and got a guy with devastating stuff, the, the 100-mile-an-hour fastball with the hard slider. Uh, but I, you know what? You come to a new team and you try to impress and you, you get off on, on a bad foot early on. Then you start pressing more and, and you don't let your natural talent uh, begin to shine through. And we saw it in the second half of last season, and I thought he looked a lot more comfortable this spring. So I expect him to get off to a better start. West Palm Beach, what was that like to, to, to go there the first year? Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. It's easier for you in a lot of ways, isn't it? It is. And you're talking about the travel, the proximity to the, the Mets and uh, the Marlins and the Cardinals, and obviously sharing the facility with the Nationals makes it a lot easier. You don't have to travel so much. You probably cut off an hour and a half to sometimes three and a half hours of your day just being able to play teams that are closer by. So it, it keeps everybody more fresh, uh, including ourselves. You know, we're, we're doing all the radio broadcasts. So 
to come back and get ready for a new team every day as radio broadcasters. It made it a lot easier getting back at 5 o'clock rather than 7.30, 8 o'clock sometimes. Give me the good and bad of the World Baseball Classic uh, during spring training for the Astros, you think, as, as they start the season? Well, the bad was probably Alex Bregman, you know, not getting a, a whole lot of at-bats. He got four at-bats in the, in the Classic, and, and nobody's fault. It just kind of happenstance. You get guys hot, and it's hard to crack the lineup with so many stars. So uh, especially going to a new position, obviously he did it last year. Bregman did going over to third base, but it would have been nice for him to get more repetitions at third base defensively I think offensively what we're seeing right now he looks pretty sharp but uh I I think that's the only bad thing I think the good thing is that worldwide it makes baseball more popular we saw a lot of intensity and enthusiasm uh, from all the teams so I thought that was a great thing Uh, you start still probably trying to figure out the uh, logistics part of it where guys don't have to travel so far from Tokyo to San Diego and, and things of that nature obviously the USA team didn't have to do that much travel but I think they can probably tighten that up too. As a former player, would it have helped you to be in that kind of competitive environment in March as a preparation for April? Is it more take more out of you as far as uh, energy and exhaustion maybe going into a season? How, how would you look at that? Well, I think what I would have done if I'd known I was on the team, I probably would have started getting ready uh, for that type of intensity earlier than, than usual. Typically, guys will start playing catch as pitchers in the offseason right after Thanksgiving. Probably would have... Uh, back that up to probably the second week in November just so I could ramp it up and get ready. Luke Gregerson looked fantastic. Starting pitchers are the guys that have to get stretched out, so the relievers probably uh, aren't uh, uh, harmed that much as far as ramping up the intensity for just one inning. Is there anything different that concerns you or maybe excites you than you would have expected going into into training camp or into spring training about this team? Well, we see the depth in the lineup, and we talked about that a little bit, Robert, but uh, – I would have to say just the gelling of this team, uh, guys getting off to a good start. Obviously, the 7-17 and 17 start last year is fresh on a lot of guys' minds, so they want to get off to a better start so they're not climbing uphill at the beginning. Uh, I think, you know, obviously the starting pitching, you know, just to give good performances on, on, a, on a consistent basis, keep the, the, the damage limited early on in the games, just give this lineup a chance to score some runs, I think is going to be paramount. Go look out at the center field for a second for mm-hmm. me and, and tell me, as a pitcher, what do you think about this compared to the old Tallis Hill center field? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to affect the pitchers that much. I mean, you, you look out there. Obviously, Landry's Crawford boxes, when the, when the team first came in here in 2000, and, and we heard the stories of the guys looking at that and just starting to get worried. But you learn how to pitch to situations like that. And you don't want the, the hitters leaning out over the plate, and especially pull hitters like right-handed batters at this ballpark. You want to make sure you pitch inside enough so they can't extend their arms. Um, but still, 409 center field, that's legitimate. Obviously, the Astros outfielders can go get them with Springer and Marisnik and Reddick, uh, all guys potential gold glove type of outfielders. So that, that gives you comfort too. Opening day coming up. What's your best memory from opening day? My best memory is when I was the, with the Detroit Tigers. And I don't know if you remember Ernie Harwell, who's a Hall of Fame oh, broadcaster yeah. with the Tigers. Uh, he, was, he had to be in his mid to upper 80s. And he came into our clubhouse, and we had some loud rap mu- music going on. This was about an hour before the game was about to start. And, guys, it was after batting practice, and there were snow flurries outside in Detroit. And he came in in a trench coat and an old English tam on top of his head. <laughs> he looked awesome. And everybody respected Ernie Harwell. And uh, when he came in, we weren't really sure if we needed to turn the music down or not. But Ernie, without missing a beat, put his hands in his pocket of his trench coat, it, he looked great. He, you know, he was a diminutive guy, 
but he started shuffling his feet and, and did a little dance around the entire clubhouse and walked straight out. And everybody just started cheering <laughs> for Ernie Harwell. Mid-80s, he, he was doing a shuffle to some good rap music. So all, all these guys, yeah, I, I, sometimes I wonder, the, the players understand the broadcaster and the guy that's been around that long. And, you know, some players aren't, aren't maybe baseball fans, you know, so they, mm-hmm. they, they might not think of Ernie Harwell. But he was a guy that – Everybody, it was you're, you're at attention when it, when Early Howell walked into the room in Detroit, huh? Yeah, he was beloved. I mean, he, he he cared about guys. He knew something about you before he even met you, and that means a lot to especially a young guy coming into the league. And he would know a little bit about you, ask about your family, and uh, you just felt like he was your friend. What was it like playing at Old Tiger Stadium? Well, Old Tiger Stadium was awesome. Uh, you had uh, the grandstands, and it seemed like everybody was on top of you. Uh, the, the old press box, and this is funny about Ernie Harwell, he had such a booming voice. Uh, when there weren't a lot of fans there, the press box leaned out pretty close to home plate. And as a pitcher, you could even hear, hear Ernie <laughs> broadcasting the game from up there. So uh, that was pretty powerful. Uh, I used to love shagging fly balls during batting practice at, at Old Tiger Stadium and just think about, you know, Babe Ruth, you know, was out here. Ty Cobb was out here. All these old-time guys, uh, uh, the tradition and the history of, of all the players that played there it gave you kind of goosebumps when, when you just stepped foot. As a player, is there, is there any time where you, you're hearing the broadcast of your own games? You know, that was probably the only time. Uh, obviously, sometimes uh, as a starting pitcher, once you're done and you hit the showers and, and go work with the training staff, uh, a lot of times the radio broadcast is going on so you could hear some things or hear some statistics that are going on that you maybe weren't aware of. So sometimes that's advantageous. And sometimes when they're talking about the starting pitcher, Steve Sparks uh, got knocked out in the third inning. That's just another lump in your throat that uh, – uh, things didn't go so well. Did you have an inspiration and a, and a mentor maybe a, a, as a broadcaster? I did not. You know what? Uh, the Astros just asked me to uh, interview for the, the broadcasting job. Never thought about broadcasting in, in, when I was playing or anything like that. Used to do a lot of interviews in between starts with the uh, TV cameras. You know, uh, they, they'd need some guys, and I was all available for four out of five days typically. So uh, I was all up for it. But uh, Never thought about it, so obviously they told me three days before I even started that I was going to be doing some play-by-play along with the color analysis. So, you know, I, I had uh, my work cut out for me, listened to a lot of tapes of uh, uh, current broadcasters and broadcasters now, and obviously Robert Ford, uh, my partner who went to school for it, uh, obviously gave me a lot of tips along the way as far as the science of calling some tough plays. And uh, it's just uh, been a lot of trial and error, but I've loved it. It's uh it's become a job that uh, I've loved uh, probably not as much, but pretty close. I mean, being at, around baseball, it's almost like uh, being a player again, being at the ballpark every day and having some camaraderie with your uh, your workmates. It's been a lot of fun. Let me ask you a couple more Astro questions, and I'll let you get back to work. Uh, this team, who's your MVP? Who's your pick for MVP of this team? Because you got a lot of choices out there, and, you know, we, we kind of assume it's Jose Altuve at this point, but uh, – you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of buzz that people think Carlos Correa is going to have a breakout. Yeah, here. if I was to guess, obviously, you know what you're going to get from Altuve every year. He's going to get on base a lot. I think Springer, who scored 116 runs a lot, is, is going to get on base a ton again this year. So I'm going to lean toward Carlos Correa as well. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to drive those guys in. And he didn't say it, but I think he was uh, limited with some ankle problems at the last couple of months of last season. So I expect him 
with a lot of RBIs this year and be in consideration for the MVP. What are you expecting from Joe Musgrove? And how many innings do you think they can pitch him? You know, he, he's only in his second season now. Yeah, I, I think they can lean on him a little bit. You look at the body type of Joe Musgrove, and you also look at the delivery, Robert. Uh, he's got a clean delivery where it doesn't look like it puts a lot of stress on his arm. Uh, so I think he can handle a lot. I think he's competitive whenever he pitches. He's very prepared. One of the hardest workers on the team, and uh, I think he's going to have a great year. I mean, uh, a lot of times that second year is tough, especially for a pitcher because teams know what to expect from you. But uh, I think Joe Musgrove's in for a really good career. You're such a pro. Biggio was just punching you in the stomach, and you didn't <laughs> you didn't wince a bit there. I'm he, used to it. He does it during our broadcast. <laughs> he, he'll blindside me from uh, from behind, and uh, especially when I'm talking, he'll take my breath away sometimes. But you know who it is. <laughs> Ninety-two and a half wins. Do you think the Astros are better or worse than 92 and a half? No, I don't know. As long as they're they're better than uh, some of the other teams just to be able to make it to the playoffs. I think that's, that's their goal. And they, they got to – I mean, it's so cliche-ish. But if you start looking at those numbers way on down the road, then, then you lose what's really important. The task at hand is is going out there and preparing every day, being ready to, to, uh, to go out there and beat the other team and doing the little things, being very fundamentally sound despite all your talent. Sometimes you can get away with not being fundamental – but if this, this team stays on top of uh, hitting their cutoff man, staying ahead in the count as a pitcher, uh, just those little things on a day-to-day basis that helps you, I think they're going to win a lot of games. Do I think that they'll make the playoffs? Yes, I do. Cleveland or Boston, who scares you more in the American League right now? Well, depends on health. Uh, if Boston gets healthy, it's Boston. Just because of the lineup, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Mookie Betts and uh, – Xander Bogarts, uh, there's just a, a lot of thump in that lineup, a lot of guys that can do some special things. They've got the speed, they've got power, they've got an inten- intimidating ballpark. And uh, health-wise, if they can keep uh, Chris Sale, Rick Porcello, who won the Cy Young Award last season, David Price healthy, they're going to stack up as well as anybody. Well, when you're driving in your car listening to Steve Sparks do the call of the games and uh, looking forward to this season, Steve, can't wait to, to get things started. I can't either, Robert. Thanks for having me. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.